Carson in, looking for Carson, backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Well, hi there, y'all. Welcome to Five Strike Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United. I'm Jay Sam Jones from Dirty South Soccer. This is the Dirty South Soccer sponsored podcast. We're over at DirtySouthSoccer.com. You can find us on Twitter at Dirty South Sock. Joe Patrick from Dirty South Soccer and Dirty South Sock is over there. Say hey, Joe. Hey, did you know that Dirty South Soccer has a store? Yes, I did. In fact, I, I think I bullied Rob into actually making the store, and I still haven't bought a shirt yet. <laughs> We don't make anything of it. We, we, we don't, none of the proceeds go to us. We don't see anything from it. But there's some cool stuff on there. Oh, no. Let's check it out. We I got a, from, um, it's that sweet, sweet nectar known as free advertising. Oh, yeah. God. That's right. It gets me going. Gets me going. I did, want, I did want to get a group of us going down to Orlando um, all wearing like the, the Dirty South Soccer NWO style shirts. I thought that would be awesome. But. Uh-huh. God, the schedule for that game was so bad. It was on like a Sunday afternoon or something. Terrible. And then yeah. I think it's also, it's like on a Friday, the away game uh, later in the season. We still need to do it and have like a, a West Side Story type dance battle with the mainland and see who wins in that. I, I feel like I feel like Karis has some good hips to him, you know, some yeah, good dancer sure. hips. So yeah. we're going to be just fine. We're going to be just fine. Speaking of just fine. Atlanta United's going to be just fine, guys. We're, we're still recovering a little bit from whatever the hell it was that happened in Dallas on July 4th. But you know what, guys? It, it's going to be okay. And the big... What? It, it's going to be I, all right. It's going to be all right. This is pleasant. Yeah. No, this is reassuring. I feel good now. I feel good. Hey. And as I sit back and I, I think about my life and I think about the upcoming schedule... For Atlanta United. I, Miles Robinson is a young player. He will learn from this. You interrupted my monologue and I'm furious. I think about my life and the many challenges I've had. And, and is that the end of the drop? God dang it. Yeah. <laughs> well, <sighs> whatever. Schedule's about to get real easy, y'all. Schedule's about to get real easy. Starting yeah, we with. Gucci. We Gucci. Starting with a trip to Philadelphia. Let's face the Philadelphia Union. This one goes down 7 p.m. Eastern time up in Philly. It's on Saturday. This is going to be on Fox Sports South. You can listen to it on 92.9. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going yeah. to be. Yeah, we'll get back on track lot, here. Come on. It's a lot I mean, I hope we do. Yeah. I do kind of worry about the way that the game ended in, uh, in wherever the hell we were playing, Houston. Let's never, no, it wasn't Houston. It was Dallas. It was actually not Dallas. It was Frisco. Third time's a charm. Um, yeah, I hope that doesn't kind of linger around with us the way that ended. You could tell the players that just from their reading their quotes after the game, it was, you know, some pretty bitter words that you could tell they were, um, obviously very disappointed and for obvious reasons why, but, you know, it's funny, we were discussing this and I kind of wrote a little bit about it in my column today, but the games like that happen, the games like that happen in Dallas don't bother me as much as like games where we play terribly. Um, even if we win those games, sometimes I'm even more upset that people are like happy. And <laughs> when we've played so poorly, um, kind of like when we played Philadelphia union, 
last time, I mean, we struggled to, we eventually put up the goals. Uh, Joseph Martinez got a hat trick, but I mean, we, we, we struggled to do it against nine men and they had a couple breaks on us to, to possibly get get themselves on the board. They did get themselves on the board, didn't they? Yeah, it was three, one, three yeah. ball game yeah. last time out. Of course, helped along by Harris Madunian and Alejandro Bedoya getting a red card in the 18th minute. Alejandro Bedoya steps all over the D. The, the D is that little arc coming out from the 18-yard box. And Bedoya gets all up on the D with just no regard for being in public or anything like that. And you can't, you can't, be, you can't be on the D when someone's about to take a penalty. You can't. So that earns him... A second yellow card, which gets him sent off. Harrison Dooney then freaks out, loses yeah, there his was, dead mind. There was and no peace in the D. No, no peace in the D. Do we have that drop? No, I don't have no. the drop. I need to get that on. I, I should have gotten that on. What I'll get it on for the post game show. Okay. Hopefully, 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 it comes uh, back into play. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They do go down the nine men, though, in that game. Atlanta United ends up with 31 shots. Yes, 31 shots compared to five for Philadelphia. Only 10 of those shots were on target, though, from Atlanta United. That's a huge disparity. Uh, Possession for Atlanta United, 75% in this one. They outpassed them. 636 passes to 207. They had a 94% pass accuracy. Do you guys get the gist yet of how this went down last time? And still, it was only 3-1. And we needed a couple of penalties to kind of help us out a little bit there. I, I think, you know, when we look, looking at these stats from the last game, this is, these are the kind of stats that I actually don't like to see, even though it's like you would think that they're great stats because you're kind of, you're dominating in every category. But to me, it just kind of reeks of a team that um, didn't have a lot of ideas, didn't have a lot of penetration, didn't have, um, didn't take many chances, you know, driving into the box, trying to score. Um so I think I talked about on this show that I think that you, there's kind of a sweet spot, right, of, of possession. Like you kind of want to have more, preferably. Um, but like once you get above a certain threshold, it kind of represents the fact that you're just not doing that much with the ball. And as long as, you know, if you get a two-goal lead early and then keep a ton of possession, that's a fine defensive strategy. But like possession doesn't really mean a whole lot. It's more of a defensive thing. It's more of when you have the ball, the other team um, doesn't have it, so it's harder for them to score. So I don't like to see these kinds of numbers like we have, even though, you know, they, they look great and they, they, at the end of the season, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll bathe in the sweet, sweet nectar of having, you know, the, our possession boosted and our pass accuracy boosted and our, our, our shots. But, you know, at the end of the day, it didn't really do, do much for us in this game. I mean, it was a struggle. Yeah, it was a struggle, but of course they, you know, they had all nine folks behind the ball at that point. Just one of those things. And that was one of those games where we were in the midst of our finishing crisis, that yeah. big, scary finishing crisis everyone was so, so worried about. Uh, it's kind of resolved itself a little bit here. Uh, but yeah, that was a frustrating night in, in some regards. It was one of those weird ones where you kind of, it was hard to feel really great about what went down because there was so much weird happening in a string of very, very weird games. It seemed like, but it did kind of get us back on track after a couple of tough results. Since then, of course, we've been really solid, save for, you know, five minutes on Wednesday night. But you know what, Joe Patrick? You know what I think Wednesday night was? What's that? I think I think Wednesday night was an LAFC winger wearing a mask. AKA Joe Patrick. A Latif blessing in disguise. Am I right? Or am I right? 
I have no idea what you're talking about. I think it was a bless. I think, I think. Oh, yeah. You just saying it was a blessing. In this- gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. A Latif blessing. In this yeah. Stay with us. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. No, I, th- I think uh, this may be reaching a little bit, but you know, it- it's kind of nice to have a little bit of a wake up call going into a string of games where they may have been hard to get up for. Otherwise, you know, you, you would come yeah, into sure. this one on-, on short rest and maybe not be ready to play in front of, 100 people and like 50 people wearing Sons of Ben scarves. You know, it's not going to be an exciting one to to wake up and come out of the hotel room and be like, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to Philly today. You know, yeah. Uh, but after well, a I, I, miserable collapse like that, we may see a little motivation from our guys. Yeah. A little motivation. And I, and, I, and I think that that game, the way it ended, it's a very teachable moment, right? Like, that, that's going to, that loss that happened in Dallas is, or Frisco, sorry, um, is going to help us down the road because, you know, I think you could kind of see a bit of a lackadaisical attitude from the team or not, not in terms of the effort they were giving, but just kind of mentally. I think they kind of assumed that, you know, the game would work itself out and they were going to win it um, just by, you know, virtue of bringing on a, a the fifth center back or the the third center back. Um, to make a five-man back line that that was just kind of going to kind of seal the game up on its own and that, you know, they didn't really have to worry about much. I think this that loss was kind of, um, yeah, re- refocus them a bit. And it, yeah, like you said, it especially helps that, you know, to have that focus against these, um, some of these weaker sides and some of the quieter stadiums because those can jump up and bite you in the butt in, uh, in MLS. So, yeah, I think you got a point there. To be fair, that is best case scenario. Worst case scenario, we we cry about it for a little bit and, and completely kind of collapse here. But I highly doubt that's going to happen. I, I'm feeling optimistic that it steers toward the the positive outcome for us. Yeah, I mean that was Tata Martino's first comment that he made. You know, in his first response, his first comment was just he. I think he said, "I I just hope that this doesn't linger uh, with the team into this weekend because, um, yeah, I think he was he just." recognizing how, how tough of a loss it is for the players. Like, and I, and I understand it totally from their point of view. Like I was saying those, these kinds of losses where we play well and lose don't bother me as much because at least we played well. And I'm confident that, you know, that'll carry over into further games, but I can totally understand from a player's point of view, how it would really demoralize you when you put in that much physical effort and, you know, and mental effort for X amount of minutes only to see it just slip away and you get nothing for it. So I can totally I that, understand why that would be a be uh, issue for concern. Yeah, I, I have the quote right in front of me. If, if you don't mind me, go ahead and just kind of run through it real quick. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, it's a good one. He says, I hope the loss doesn't affect us for the next match. These kinds of losses hurt. They hurt the most when you don't deserve to lose. When the opponents are better than you, it's a different kind of feeling because you know that the team outplayed you. You're able to accept that loss more even though it still hurts you. In our case, we did everything we could to win but ended up leaving empty-handed. So – Obviously, a, a dour attitude, as expected, as should be, from yeah. a completely stupid and undeserved loss that should never have happened. But you know what? Maybe they refocus. Maybe we'll see. If it's going to be, you know, against anything, think we make Philadelphia is a good team to do it to because they're kind of trash. I'm I'm interested to see what kind of changes are made to the starting lineup, if any, because the the team is not coming back to Atlanta. Um, between these games. So the squad that they traveled up there with is going to be the same squad that goes to Philadelphia, which kind of limits, you know, well, I don't know. I don't know how much it really limits you because you're probably going, anyone you would pray, replace at the starting 11 would probably come from the group that was on the bench anyway. Um, 
But, you know, it's just a lot of games in a row now for some of these players. Um, don't know if, you know, a guy like Mikey Ambrose, the fullbacks run a lot. Uh, Mikey Ambrose is in great form. Uh, he was one of the standout players, I thought, from the game. But, yeah, you know, do, do you use a Chris McCann, you know, when the, he wasn't he wasn't part of the squad, but he was, you know, he must have been clear. He, he was healthy to play. Um, they decided not to put him in the squad. Maybe he gets an, an opportunity in this game. I, I'll be interested to see what kind of changes they make. Yeah, I, I'd expect minimal changes. I think you... There's a good chance we see McCann, at least for 20, 30 minutes as a sub at some I point. I can see him as a sub for sure, yeah. yeah that's a good option to have coming and off Tito, the bench. And I, I, we don't have any official word from the team on, on Tito. Um, it, some, there was some concern for him because he left kind of under the duress of an injury. Um, but from what I could tell, it just looked like a, a, a calf cramp. I mean, um, he was laying on the ground and he was – clearly in pain and then he asked a philadelphia union player to, to stretch his leg which is you know a clear cramp sign and uh once the guy started stretching his legs you could kind of see him relax on the field again um just fate just his facial expressions expression seemed fine so i would expect him to be back in the starting lineup as well i don't think that's a major cause for concern yeah no we we have reported that uh, tito just left with cramps um oh, did we? so okay. we we went ahead and tweeted that out so i'm assuming we're we're good to go ahead and give that information. If not, oops. Uh, but everyone can kind of assume that Tito is going to be back and going to be fine for this cool. one. So yeah, same same lineup against uh, Philadelphia. The biggest question for Philadelphia is, are they going to be able to keep uh, Alejandro Bedoya and Harris Medunian from freaking out again? And just kind of keep them in check. Because when they're there, they're good. They're, yeah. They help that side in a big, big way. It's like, of course, it's the two holding midfielders. They've gone 4-2-3-1. In every single match, I, I'm not sure the lineup has really changed all that much. The formation has definitely not changed at all. Uh, but you have Madunian and Madoya in the two in that four-two-three-one in almost every single game so far this year. So, of course, losing them was was huge for Philadelphia in the last game. I'm not yeah. expecting the same thing to happen this time. And like you said, those guys are their those guys are their like veteran leadership on the team. Really. Oh yeah, Madoya's I mean, the captain. Yeah, the captain just got a contract extension. Yeah, he's old as hell. So <laughs> they think he's a young there, actually. Yeah. So they, they obviously like him a lot, and they like both yeah. them a lot, care about them a lot, and like they just really wanted them there, but they weren't there because they stepped all over the D. <laughs> it's an interesting one for the union that one um, resigning Madunian because they, <laughs> so I, this is just a, something that the, the talks and. Philadelphia Union circles are about this guy named Derek Jones. He's a center midfielder. Okay. Played on the uh, US U twenty um, World Cup team. Played well. Um, kind of like in the mold of a uh, Tyler Adams, you know, like a just a combative, um, all action central midfielder. More defensive. Um, he's a guy that they have a lot of hopes for. And the Philadelphia Union are actually have one of the best academies uh, in MLS. In fact. I think we got one a player from Philadelphia. I think uh, Justin Garces, who okay. yeah, uh, the was the goalkeeper for the U17s. Yeah, I think he came from Philadelphia Union Academy. Um, and so this guy, Derek Jones, also uh, is a very talented prospect. But, you know, apparently this Medunian deal means, you know, he might have to wait another year for some, you know, real significant playing time, which is kind of a tough break for him. Yeah, but Jones we'll see how that shakes out. Looks like 21-year-old defensive mid. Has three substitute appearances on the year, 30 minutes. Uh, they've also wow, been playing man. Anthony Fontana, uh, who sounds very much like the needle drop guy, Tony 
Fun Fantana. Yes. So, and that always really stresses me out for some reason. Uh, but there's a, there's a whole bunch of young guys coming up and down this lineup for uh, Philadelphia U- Union here, especially at the center back spot with uh, Trusty and McKenzie. I believe they're both 19 and have stepped into those roles. And they were pretty solid, I think, against us last time. Of course, they were having to do a lot of extra work for the most part. But you've got two 19-year-old center backs. They're kind of holding things down for Philadelphia Union, except when they come against Adoma Diamande. Because LAFC That's right. wrecked them in their last game. It was a 4-1 win for LAFC Diamande, a hat trick there. Uh, maybe the only person right now who can maybe get a little scared of Joseph as the best striker in the league. Yeah, I mean, I mean he's I know putting that's heresy, but <laughs> Well, no, I mean, he's putting up Joseph Martinez-esque numbers. Uh, it's crazy. Like, it's... This must have been what people thought about Joseph Martinez when you know right. when he was doing it for us from the outside. I'm just like, how is how is this possible? How is he doing this? And they're doing it without so many of their creative players as well who are going for the World Cup, or at least Carlos Vela um, and Marcus Urania. But I mean, they kind of play the same position. So but I think um, the real lesson here is that if you're going to get a hat trick against somebody, it's a pretty good bet it might be Philadelphia at this point. Yeah. Did you just yeah, kill a bug? What was that? That was a that was my chair. Oh, okay. I thought you were like either you were a killing a bug, b <laughs> applauding me for my great point I just made with one singular decisive clap, and I was really gonna appreciate it. But that <laughs> like John happen. Candy in uh, in uh, Cool Runnings. Yes, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> uh, do want to mention a couple other players to watch out for if you didn't catch our preview from last time. Uh, one of them is definitely not David Akam who still, Joe Patrick, has as many goals as you and me this year. Are you serious? And as many assists. Isn't that fun? That's insane. He's played 855 minutes of goalless, assistless soccering. And he's been playing a pretty decent amount. Ten starts, five substitute appearances. Still nothing on that left wing for Philadelphia after a year last year for Chicago Fire where he had 14 goals and six assists. If Harris, if Harris Kruskas hasn't asked, hasn't done their interview with them yet, the three questions column with Brotherly Game, I want him to ask that question, why he's been so bad. Because that doesn't make any sense to me. I, he seemed to me like he'd be a good fit because he's kind of just like a, you know, he's just kind of like a standard fly up and down the wing winger. Um, and I would think that a player like that would pair quite well with, uh, you know, physically dominant kind of striker like they have in CJ Spong. So you, you certainly wouldn't expect it really zeros. Bad. Not zeros across the board. No way. Uh, kind of shocking. Uh, they have had a couple other people step up in his place, though. Uh, the best of those being Bork Doshkal. He's been very solid. The 29-year-old in his first year, I believe, with the team has made 15 starts for them on the year. Five goals, three assists. That leads both categories for Philadelphia so far on the air, of course, he was kept kind of quiet in the last game because there was nothing much he could really, really do there. Uh, but yeah, those calls. He definitely looked like solid. their best player against us. Yeah. He plays sure. the 10 for him in the 3 yeah. 1. So keep an eye out for him. Uh, CJ Sapong got top. Hasn't done a whole lot this year. He's same old CJ Sapong. He's just kind of big and up there. Uh, two goals, one assist on the year for him. I have thoughts on CJ Spong. I, th- I think he can be a good striker. Um, 
in the right kind of team. I think he needs obviously a lot of talent around him, but I just really like him. I like his, I like what he brings to the table in terms of his physicality and his speed and his strength, just like the combination of all of it. Um, just not great with his feet, obviously, which you kind of want from a striker. Obviously, he's, he's not the kind of striker that like a Jose Martinez would be. No. Um, he's more in the Marcus Urania role, where he's kind of like a he's a workhorse um, and can you know set up other other teammates with you know his hold up play. But he just doesn't have those teammates around him. It seems like. Yeah, no, n- nothing is conspiring to really help him in a big, big way. There's just not a whole lot of firepower going forward until they bring on Il Senio in like the last 20 minutes of the game and Il Senio tries to start playing FIFA street. Yeah. That's hilarious. 32 year old Brazilian <laughs> who thinks he's playing football still and goes out there and every now and then pulls off quite literally the, the greatest move in the history of soccer. And then like shoots the ball into the final row of whatever the hell the stadium is up in Philadelphia. It's beautiful. He's the best. He's the best. I, I love, I love him. He's kind of chunky um, too. He's not like a yeah, fit Yeah, that's my favorite part about him. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why he reminds me. I, I spoke about this on our when we played them the first time, but he just reminds me of the guy who hangs around at the at the soccer park, like yes. waiting to jump in for a team that needs a player. And no one picks him because he is kind of chunky, you know. But once yeah, he, yeah, yeah, like immediately the step over start. And he's like, you know, in his own 18 doing step overs. <laughs> and someone's falling for it, I guess. But it's just amazing. Just amazing. Um, yeah, they've had, speaking of their troubles, I was just looking at the Brotherly Games. Uh, it's not a player, I guess it's a player rating, but it's interesting the way they do it, actually. They use some other, they use some website and you basically give every player like a positive or a negative, just like an up or a down. And it just tallies like how many people gave them a positive rating and negative. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, but their high, their their only player that had more positive ratings than negative was the one and only Keegan Rosenberry. Oh, Keegan, the MLS name to to end all MLS names besides our good friend Teal Bunbury. God, gotta love <laughs> Keegan, Keegan Rosen. Yes, yeah, so that just tells you how Keegan bad it is for them if he, he's their Rosenthal, highest rated player. Keegan. You could tell me literally anything on Keegan's last name, and I, I would Ro- believe Rosen, Rosenberry. Rosenberry. Exactly. <laughs> I can't think that's a real person. He'll play right back for them in this game. I'm sure. I don't think they really have any significant injury problems that we really need to be aware of right now. Um, also, look out, of course, for Andre Blake, who continues to be Andre Blake in goal. He can be annoying sometimes. He's incredible. He's really fun. <laughs> I take I take back what I said about Doshkal. Andre Blake is their best player by far. Yeah, that's probably about right. Probably but about right. you know, he's going to give us fits as always. Keep, keepers are weird, though. You know, they are. They are also weird. Philadelphia's metrics. We talked a little bit about it in our preview. I think we talked a lot of it about it, honestly. But they are underperforming their goal differential right now. So their actual goal tally is way under what. The, the metrics say they should have uh, on, on both ends, really. Uh, their difference between their goal differential and their expected goal differential is one of the highest in the league on the negative end. Uh, so the metrics seem to think that they should be getting better results than they are. Uh, at a certain point, that kind of becomes a moot point because, you know, some teams are just really bad 
and you know you're, you're not going to get a whole out out of the metrics and it should be that much better uh, but they, sh- they should be getting a little bit better results take that for what you will it's kind of how the cookie crumbles yeah. sometimes. sometimes the cookie crumbles in the favor of philadelphia but most of the time it doesn't because they're mostly not good they're mostly not good yeah yeah I think generally what you're going to see with teams like worse teams are just going to do worse on these advanced metrics on, on their performance. Like better teams are just going to outperform. I think that's something you see over the course of a season. I think, I think from us just doing these podcasts every week, I think that's something we're starting to see for sure. Um, It's like, you know, it's more rare when a bad team is like overperforming expectations. Like that doesn't, that just doesn't happen. Right. And the best example of that right now is New England, who is outperforming their expected goal differential by like 12 right now, which is by far and away the highest in the league. So, so New, whatever New England's on right now, they're, they're getting awful lucky. It's kind of nice uh, to see them kind of towering above people like New York and Dallas and us and NYCFC. Whole bunch of good teams, like you, like you said, I'm near the top of that goal differential and expect the goal differential. I do like New England. They're like the they're like the plucky, you know, team that no one thought was going to be any good this year. It's funny because it reminds me of like a like a youth team, you know, that like a co-ed rec league youth team that has two players that have no business being in co-ed youth league rec team. It's the kids from Kicking and Screaming. The two Italian kids that come in, it's uh, Fagundes and the other dude who's up top. I can't remember who it is right now. I can't remember his name. What's his name? Uh, uh, striker. Pania? Uh, Bunbury? Yeah, no. I guess it's Bunbury. Well, Bunbury's a striker. P- Christian Pania has been amazing for them on yeah. the left wing. And, and Diego um, Fagundes as well. They just kind of yeah, give them both yeah, the ball Fugundes. and let them do whatever. Yeah. Whatever yeah. Funny. Uh, but. Like it's like uh, it's like the movie Hardball. It's Keanu uh, Brad Friedel's Keanu Reeves. He came in and he took a ragtag bunch, and he's got them, you know, thinking they're going to the ship. I don't know if you've ever seen Hardball. Probably I not. No idea what we're talking about, but it sounded like okay. you said Brad Friedel is Keanu Reeves, and now all I've wanted in life is to see a Brad Friedel remake of Point Break. Um, so thank you for oh, that. My. Thank you for that. That's all I have ever wanted to think about. By Acondias. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, amazing. All right. I think that's all we can really say. We, we've kind of rehashed some things here. Uh, you should be well prepared for a Saturday, yeah, it July I mean, it game. It hasn't been that long since we played them. It's I really feel like. I feel it's like been, uh, yeah. It'll be a little over a month when we see them on Saturday. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a weird one. Yeah. yeah but I think we've covered it. I think we covered it. Yeah. These are going to get started to get shorter and shorter as we continue to play crappy and crappier teams. I know. Well, now that we're, yeah, now that we've kind of like gotten to the halfway point, we're starting to play teams again. You know, it's like we've already kind of gone over the basics on these guys. Um, but yeah. yeah, if there's anything, if, there, if there's anything you guys want to hear um, about these teams that we're not do, covering, just, you know, hit us up. Hit, hit us Donate up. Donate $40 and, to our Patreon. We'll cover whatever the heck you want. Mm. That's right. Mm. Money ain't got no owners. No. Only spenders. Only spenders. Amen. Amen. Joe Patrick, let's give the folks some reasons to hate Philadelphia Union. To, to stoke the fire a little bit, to get them oh. up for a, a game that I'm already kind of bored by. <laughs> I've got a good one here. Yeah? Okay, go for so it. I was, actually, I was actually just in Philadelphia two weeks ago for a friend's wedding. Lovely wedding. 
lovely wedding, but I actually wasn't in Philadelphia. I was in a town called Westchester. Oh, Um, I know Westchester. Lovely, lovely, lovely town. Lovely town. Um, Now, the wedding was at noon or 1230 and the reception was at 530. So that's a pretty big gap. There's there was four hours after the wedding, you know, and it was what happened was, you know, they were going out to do the pictures with the with the with the groomsmen, the the bridesmaids. Um, But I was not in the wedding. I was with a group of friends who were also not in the wedding. So what we did was we found um, a casino that is in Philadelphia or in the, the town adjacent to Philadelphia, which is Chester, which is ironically where the Philadelphia union play. Okay. And so we went down there, we go to it's the Harris Philadelphia or whatever the Harris Chester, Chester, awful town, totally different than Westchester. It's like the difference between Pawnee and Eagle town. Sure. Um, so we get there and I kid you not the parking deck for the Harris shares a parking deck for visitors going to the state penitentiary <laughs> and like both facilities are like wrapped in the same barbed wire fence. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was awful. Lots of cigarette butts in the, uh, in the carpet in the, in the old casino there. Um, I spent about two and a half hours playing, let it ride only lost 80 bucks. I, that, that was the best of anyone that went. I did. I did the best only, only losing 80. So but yeah, they, they still took my money. So I have to think I you absolutely it. saw Lil Senior there, whether you knew it or not. <laughs> yeah. Lil Senior was yeah. absolutely there that day. Yeah, God. it was funny actually. I was watching, <laughs> I was watching uh, Tony Cruz bang in a la- uh, amazing goal against Sweden. The, the last minute of the ball. The end of it. Yeah. And on the TV right next to it, I was also keeping tabs on the cornhole tournament. Oh, of course. Of course, you know cornhole pour, pour, pulls bigger numbers than MLS. <laughs> yeah, I've 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 heard. Isn't that just the saddest <laughs> thing ever? But yep, that's what true. What are we doing? That's true. And maybe because MLS announcers, and this is my reason to hate, are are saying things like "dupes the ball into the onion bag." I watch a lot of MLS highlights. I guess you would say just like the YouTube things they put up for for the games, right? It, it, and what's fun about that is you get to judge in a really just judgmental way. The announcers mm-hmm. of MLS, because you're only catching them like when they should be at their best. And if you're seeing them at their best and their best is like disturbingly awful, then you know a lot about them, I think. Philadelphia Union's color guy is like, I don't want to, I don't want to give him a, a nationality, but it's like a Irish Scottish accent kind of thing going on, like very, very thick. Uh, but mm. he sounds like a really angry old man, but somehow he has been talked into saying the Philadelphia union catchphrase of dupe. Dupe. Don't know the song. Uh, oh. But yeah, his goal call has become, First off, he calls the net an onion bag every single time, which is frustrating. But then he calls every single goal, attempt on goal, any gesture toward goal, a dupe. So you will get things like Madunyanin dupes one into the onion bag, except in a really thick Scottish-Irish accent. And there you go. There you go. Thank God for Kevin Egan, Dan Gartig, and Jillian Sackovitz. That's all I'm going to say. No kidding. Mm. No kidding. Mm. All right. Prediction time. Joe Patrick, what you got? 
Prediction. I will say we win it 3-1. Nice. I think we get back on track. I like it. I said 3-0. I think we keep a clean sheet. I think the defense can be pissed, man. Ticked off. Playing for something. Playing for themselves. You know? Play for their honor. Mm-hmm. Play for their mothers and their fathers. Yes. The sisters, the brothers. <laughs> yeah. Stepsisters, yeah. stepbrothers, half cousins. All of that, all y'all. All, all, y'all. all y'all. All y'all. All y'all better better be tuned in to the game as well. That way you can send those questions afterwards at our Twitter page at Five Strike Final. You can follow us there. You can follow Dirty South Soccer at Dirty South Soccer. You can follow Joe Patrick at JPatrick200. You can follow me at J underscore Sam Jones on Twitter. Uh, you cannot donate to our Patreon. You can rate us five stars on iTunes. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Joe Patrick, anything else to add for the people? I think we can get out of here. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bye, y'all. See ya.